We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is January 27th, 2019. And if you're listening to this, that means you are listening to the Marcelin Brothers podcast. So, Oh, yeah. Good place to be. Good sounds to be listening to. All right. So we got Harry and Christopher, Harry and Alan represented today. We've got a great agenda of items. We've got some news of things that we're changing up with the MVP. So we definitely want to talk to you about that. And we want to make sure that this is going to be another great episode. I can't even keep track on what episode number this is, but I'm excited that we're pumping new information every week. So one of our secretaries will probably let us know from the expanding Marcelin Brothers podcast empire. Marvin's usually our secretary, but Marvin had a lot of fun this weekend. He regrets to let us know that he will not be here on this episode, but we will definitely make sure that we're representing for him. Oh, for sure, for sure. Let's first talk about some of the updates and some changes that we're going to be doing to the MVP podcast. So normally we do one episode a week, and that one episode usually consists of our standard topic of doing our current events after that then we usually catch up with each other to see how things are going and then we go to our main topic of discussion but because we've been averaging close to 45 minutes to an hour on these last few episodes we've decided that we're going to change up the format so the format's going to be one week we'll discuss what our current events are and we'll catch up from the last week that'll be one episode and then The following week, we will have an episode about the topic that we want to discuss. So this allows for us to be able to space out the information. We don't want the you as the audience to listen to about an hour of a podcast because we know about 25 to 30 minutes, even though we are very entertaining. We know after 25, 30 minutes, it might be a little difficult to follow. So we want to space it out a little bit to make sure that we get your undivided attention. So those are going to be some of the new things that we'll be looking at for our format. And we're actually going to start this off for this week. So for this podcast, it'll be the catching up, what's going on, plus our current events. And then the subsequent week, we will discuss our topic. And just for you guys who are curious to see what our topic is going to be, it is going to be work-life balance. So that's a little bit about the changes. I think we got some good feedback from the audience, some feedback from some of our MVPers. And after listening, we think it's a pretty good plan. And I think this will help us out as well. So definitely feel free to give us some more suggestions on other things that you would like to see on the MVP podcast. Because again, this podcast is for you guys. This podcast is us, normal everyday people talking about normal everyday things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm excited to see how it works. Let's get it started. Okay, so with that being said, Christopher, how did your week go? Tell me what's going on. Give me some updates. My week went amazing. Um, 
first half of the week started off like normal work every day. Um, had some good times, came home, spent time with the family. And this weekend, I had a monumental first. So, the wife went out of town. Yeah, Wait, yeah. You said a monumental first. What exactly happened for this to be so monumental? I had both kids by myself. Completely what? by myself this weekend, yeah. The All wife right. went out of town. She went um, up to Chicago for a birthday party, girls weekend. So I had both kids to myself all weekend. And yes, they are both still alive. And I made it okay. through. Turn around, Christopher. Turn around. Turn around. I don't see a cape behind you. That is that a bird? Is that a plane? No, that's Super Dad right there. That's Super Dad. Uh, Two uh, kids. Yeah, man. A two and a half year old and a twelve week old. Gosh. Yeah, gosh. it was definitely interesting. It was definitely interesting. But we got through it. We made it out. We're better for it, though. Yeah. Man, I definitely think have a lot more respect for all the stay at home moms, all the caregivers out there. It was definitely interesting. Man, I feel like Lee and I lose every day when it's just Lee and I against Ophelia, and Ophelia dominates. So I can't even think of how it was with the two of your kids against you, and you're alive. Like, what? Yeah. How was? Like, did you even? Did you have to prep before you started just to figure out what are you ex- exactly going to be doing? Did you have to have a list of agenda items of things that you needed to check off? Things that, like, I would be afraid. Oh man, my list would be. Check one, do I have Eli? Check two, do I have Eleanor? And I hope I'd be able to check those two things off the list. Yeah, so I started off with an extensive checklist. And the moment I was by myself with the kids, that checklist went out the door. At one point, I think they were colluding against me. Um, (laughs) It was the family nap time. Uh, Eli went to bed, went down without a fight. Uh, Eleanor decided she wasn't going to nap. The second, probably an hour and a half went by, as soon as Eleanor finally decided to go to bed, two minutes later, Eli wakes up and is ready to play with me. So I missed out on the nap and had to fight through it and power through it. But it's okay. We made it through. We made it through. Jeez. That's, that just sounds tiring, just hearing you describe what you actually did on this weekend. How many days was this again? This was just Saturday and Sunday? Friday. Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday during the day, yeah. We did have a casualty. I was planning on going to your guys' event. Um, Came down to about 15 minutes before the event. Uh, Just Eleanor started eating a lot more. I didn't prepare the food proportions correctly, and I just was worried about running out of food out in public. So I just pulled the plug and decided to stay at home. Oh, I think you did the right thing and you won the war. I mean, she might have won the battle, but you yeah, won the war yeah. when it came to that one. And the yeah. fact that, wait, listen to that in the background, Christopher. What do you hear? Silence. Exactly. Sleeping so babies. You, so Sleeping you win. Babies. So when does wifey come back? <clears throat> oh, no, she came back uh, late this afternoon, probably about 7 or 8 o'clock. Oh, look yeah. at that. Did she look... To make sure that Eleanor and Elijah yeah. were still alive. She counted all the fingers and toes. They were all still there. All right, then. Well, congratulations yeah. with that. Well, gosh, yeah. I don't know if I can I can beat that week. Man. How about yourself? What did you do this week? 
Ah, oh, man, this week. I so, kind of alluded to it with your big event this weekend. Well, this this week was wasn't bad. Uh, work, work was work. Had some. I mean, work is always work, but we got through it okay. You know, no. You know, we did we did get one of our the pharmacy department. We ended up getting the board of pharmacy do the annual inspection for that. So we ended up doing that and. You know, we ended up doing okay with that, so I can't really complain about that. So that was good because that was probably the no, that not not probably, but that was one of the first inspections that I had under the belt. So we did pretty well. We just have a couple of things yeah, to look at, but nice. overall things are good. So no, that is very good. So I'm excited about that. And then with regards to what was going on for this weekend, we ended up Ophelia had her baby dedication this weekend. So Lee and I decided to do the baby dedication where we dedicated that we would make sure that we would raise Ophelia in a Christian household. So that was very fun. We had a lot of the family and friends come out to support us. So that was really cool. So we ended up doing that. Had a little get together after that. And everybody was very excited just to be able to see Ophelia catch up and just to see how much she's grown. And speaking of that, I mean, this, she... Like she's climbing over things back and forth. Are you familiar with Jimboree? Um, Yeah, I heard you guys talk about it. I saw a couple of the pictures and photos from where you guys have it, but explain to the crowd what it is. So essentially Jimboree, it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's kind of like an exercise, probably exercise gym, but for kids where they learn how to use their their walking skills, they're able to balance, they're able to do different obstacles just so that they're able to be a lot more dexterous i don't know if dexterous is a word or not but they work on their dexterity working on their coordination see that is why you are the anesthesiologist right there so it helps them a lot with their coordination and they go up down roll crawl and she can go up slides down slides she can do little obstacle courses like she's mini ninja warrior so that was really fun to watch so we ended up doing that as well and then just catching up with housework and before you know it, it's already Sunday night. Time to go to work yeah. tomorrow. So it was a quick time week. Time to do it all over again. So that was cool. And then this week coming up, you know, my wife is going to be out of town. So I'm going to be doing something similar to what you had to do. Okay. Where my okay. wife leaves town on Tuesday. May the odds forever be in your favor. And she doesn't come back until Sunday. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. But Ophelia and I will be able to have lots of cool daddy-daughter time, so that'll be fun. And, yes, we'll see how I do on the next podcast. So if I'm the one that's not on the air, you know what happened. You know what happened, yeah. Yeah. But, no, all in all, the week was pretty good, so I can't complain about that. And Marvin, hopefully, well, maybe he'll give us some updates. I know Marvin had an opportunity to go out of town, hang out with the family, hang out with Herman Jr., so... You know, I don't want to spoil that story, so I'll let him tell that story when he comes back. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what's next on the agenda? I think it's current events. Do you have All a right. current event lined up? For current event, current about? events. So let's do this. So we haven't really talked much about sports. And for me, you know, one of the things that I talked that I wanted us to go over on our conversation about life was sports. So I, I'm a football fan. I do follow the NFL. And if you aren't aware, this week was a, 
they had the Pro Bowl this week. So it's kind of like a bye week before the Super Bowl. And we had two championship games that occurred last weekend. We had an AFC championship game and we had an NFC championship game. Both of those games went into overtime. Both of those games were very exciting. But one of those games was a little more controversial than the other one. Which one so, was that? We are going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints versus the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams. It is Los Angeles. So I don't know if you followed football, but they lost, they've moved to Los Angeles now. So it's not St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. It's so different for me. They're back crazy. to L.A. But there was a controversial call, or maybe I should say no call, that occurred last week on one of the final drives for the Los Angeles Rams, or I'm sorry, for the New Orleans Saints. So what ended up happening is on this last drive, well, I'm going to read this. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened, and then after that, I'll read the story. So on one of the last drives, it was third and 10, one minute and 45 seconds left. The game's tied 20-20. Wow, sounds like a good game. Uh-huh. So Drew Brees, he is on the 13-yard line. You know, his third down. You know Drew Brees. He's probably going to score the touchdown, end up, you know, finishing off. Maybe they go up by seven. Maybe there's one minute left of the game, and most likely they'll probably win the game. But what ended up happening is that one of the defenders ran into one of the wide receivers and it looked pretty obvious when you watched it live that there was a pass interference the cornerback ran into the wide receiver before the ball became catchable the cornerback did not turn around to try to catch the ball so you couldn't say that they were both fighting for the ball and after the play you had a couple referees talking to each other you're thinking oh maybe they'll call it maybe they won't call it or no you're thinking that they will call it and they end up not calling it at all so what ends up happening fourth down saints kick a field goal then after that rams drive kick a field goal goes into overtime rams get the ball pretty much go down the field score the touchdown and since in NFL, when it goes to overtime, the first team who scores the touchdown wins is not to possession. And the thought process is if you're on defense and they kick a field goal, then the offense gets a chance to score a touchdown or field goal. But if you are on offense and you score the touchdown, game over. So that's what ended up happening. I don't know if I like that system. Yeah, that's what ended up happening. And from then on, I mean, you can imagine how, what ensued after that. How long ago did that change, if you don't mind me interrupting? I don't remember when that overtime rule took into place. It's been a few years now, so it's not anything that's new. Because I was thinking it was the college football rules, but oh. I guess. <clears throat> so I feel fine. bad. I, I feel really bad. They had lots of controversy. So adding insult to injury it was reported that the los angeles cornerback 
who did do that pass interference but wasn't called, the NFL just fined that cornerback $26,739 for a helmet-to-helmet hit. So not only could that play have been called for pass interference, but that play also could have been called helmet-to-helmet. Wait, so they can, after the fact, call helmet-to-helmet? You can review that, and you can find after you can find. So I'm going to read this story that I have to you, and, and I'll let you see what, what you think about this. And depending on if you're a Rams fan or a Saints fan, you know, I'll have an idea of how you feel. Uh, I'm neither, so I should be pretty, pretty impartial. All right, so Los Angeles Rams cornerback Nikel Roby Coleman has been fined $26,739 by the NFL for a helmet-to-helmet hit on New Orleans Saint wide receiver Tommy Lee Lewis that was not flagged during the NFC Championship, a source told ESPN Adam Schefter on Friday. League sources also told Schefter that Saints coach John Payton reached out to the league to see how it was going to publicly handle the controversial ending to regulation. Roby Coleman appeared to run into Lewis, but was not flagged before the ball arrived from the Saints quarterback Drew Brees on a third down and 10 at the Rams' 13-yard line with one minute and 45 seconds remaining in the 2020 game. Sources said Peyton spoke to NFL head of officials Al Riveron, executive vice president of football operations Tony Vincent, and eventually Commissioner Roger Goodell after calling all of them. Peyton also texted with competition committee chairman Rick McKay, sources said. This is what's funny. <laughs> Roby Coleman, so this guy is the Los Angeles Rams person that committed the foul, said he is going to pay his fine and not appeal it. <laughs> I know I got fined today. I know everybody knows that. I'm going to pay my fine, he said on Friday. I know what happened. I'm going to pay the fine. It was all good, and I'm moving on. So clearly, Buddy <laughs> pretty much is not going to do anything about it because he knows that he ended up getting away with something. The hit for which Roby Coleman was fined happened on the same play in that two minutes of regulation. A flag for pass interference would have given the Saints a first down and New Orleans Saints would have had a new set of downs and a chance to run off the clock before attempting a short field goal with less than 20 seconds remaining. Rams won 26-23 in overtime to advance to Super Bowl 53, where they will face New England Patriots February 3rd in Atlanta. After the game, Roby Coleman admitted he briefly thought the flag would come out, but said that an official on the field told him he suspected the ball was tipped, which replays clearly showed was not the case. No penalty was called, although Peyton said Riveron told the officials blew the call by not penalizing Roby Coleman. It was simple. They blew the call. They said it should have never been a call. Peyton said after the game, after the explanation he received, they said not only was it interference, but it was helmet to helmet. They just, they couldn't believe it. So, yeah. So, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of things. So, one, if you're in that situation, if you're in that scenario, you know, you playing college football, you are in championship game, about to go to, you know, your championship you are the saints you hear that call what are you feeling what are you thinking and what would you propose happen after that just as a football player yourself i mean it's from both sides of the ball completely different feelings um if i'm the guy on offense you're feeling cheated you're feeling robbed you know that 
the call was blown, you know that um, pretty much you were cheated, you had it taken from you. That being said, next down you got to come to play. I mean, you can't officiate the game and play. It's pretty much out of your hands. Once you kind of wait for the challenge, the red flag, you kind of wait for the rest to make a decision, you get upset, yeah, but then you got to move on, keep your head in the game, and hit to the next play. I mean, you got to leave the politics of the politicians. I mean, at some point, you have to go ahead, leave last play in the past, and move on to the next one and try to score every single time you're coming out. That should motivate you to kind of do something about it and get that first down that you need to keep playing to stay alive. But they couldn't because that was third and ten. <laughs> go for it on fourth. I don't know. I don't know what to say. But they were definitely cheated, though. I 100% agree. So how would you feel if you're on defense? On defense? <laughs> I completely agree with the play. If you're beat, if your guy's about to score, go ahead and get the P.I., live to die another day. Go ahead and get the pass interference, get the penalty, don't let him catch the ball. And it actually worked out in this defensive player's instance. I mean, I don't know if I'm showing my cards, but I play defense. So <laughs> the way I see it is... If you're beat, I'm going for the pass interference every single time. I'm not going to give up a touchdown. So I agree 100% with what the defender did. That's part of the game. So I'm not necessarily mad at that part because I agree too. I mean, we're all taught that you do the penalty, you make them work every inch that they can versus just giving it up. But how do you feel as a defensive player when the obvious call isn't called and you end up not even getting in trouble at all, period. How do you feel? Hashtag blessed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, I would be very, very happy and move on, just like this guy did. He's going to pay his fine and keep going. Oh, my gosh. So what do you think the league does after this? Like, I feel like they added injury to insult. At first, they, they don't call it. And then... At the end of the game, they pretty much admitted that they blew it. And then I after that, they, the dude gets called for helmet the to helmet. The absolute worst thing they could have done was to call it helmet to helmet afterwards, after the play. Because if it's helmet to helmet, isn't, um, is there a flag for helmet to helmet? Do they yes. reset the downs? That is a so, personal foul. So, yes. Foul, the worst thing down. they can do is, um, my opinion is, if they didn't call it then and there, and they're not going to give him the yards that matters, why find him the money? The other team doesn't care about the money. They want the yards. They want the new set of downs. So in essence, you're saying, I blew the call. I'm admitting that I blew the call, and I'm going to let you lose the game. If you're not going to call it, it's a no call, and we move on, and this guy doesn't pay the fine. If you're going to call it, if he's fine they got to get the yards back but no one is going to overturn a game that's already called i know i think i saw they quoted some old section of the nfl guidelines that says that they can reverse a game and they can play from that spot and finish out the game no one's ever going to do that that's not going to happen they might as well take it out of the bylaws they should have just left it as a no call and moved on now they're admitting openly to everyone that it should have been a call, that they messed up, and there's nothing they can do about it. Mm, geez. 
So, do you think that the what are they what are they called? The, they're gonna. People? I saw that they're now gonna <clears throat> be able to review pass interference for the challenge. That's that's my thinking on it. Is they're gonna be able to review it now? It's gonna be one of the new additions to challenging. Like I don't. Yeah, the they call it the uh, the competition committee, but and. How do you feel about that? Because you know this better than I do. Every single play, technically, you can call pass interference. There's so much contact that goes not only on defense, but also offense. So, I mean, do you think it'll be one of those, like, basketball, you know, when it's in the last two minutes type deal where they they only review those? And, and again, every – if you were to watch – I mean, you've watched – your sports tapes, your games, and whenever you would go back and look at practice from the defensive and offensive side, if you look at those videos, there's always context. So how do you, how can you actually go back and review it when it's not in actual time? There's a difference between contact, hand swatting, um, subtle hip bumps, and what this guy did tackling him before the ball came out. I mean, there's no questions asked. Anyone with eyes could see it, that that was a call, and they couldn't review it because technically you can't review uh, pass interference, so that's probably why they didn't overturn it. But I think it should only be major, major calls like that one. If it's going to be the hand swatting and the uh, hip bumping, you're not going to call that. But if it's something major like that, I definitely agree you should be able to call that. Mm. Well, that'll be very interesting. So it's got to be just like with everything else, indisputable evidence. The hand checking, that's not indisputable evidence, but that guy got tackled. That's indisputable (laughs) evidence. Oh, boy. All right. And then also, just until I, you know, I'll, I'll definitely change the subject, but it says here, sources say that the four officials in the Rams win have Southern California ties. Dun, dun, dun. All right. We'll just leave it at that. All right, Christopher, what's your article? So my article is definitely not as um, sports-related and fun as yours. But, I mean, for those of you that don't know, I find it hard to believe that anyone doesn't know. We were. not know. Some people look to us for news. So I guess that's true. We were in the midst of the longest government shutdown ever. It was 35 days. And on Friday, um, Donald Trump signed a bill to reopen the government for three weeks. Uh, That ended the longest shutdown in U.S. history. Um, Basically, he shut down the government because he's trying to get funding for his proposed border wall. So they reopened for three weeks. And if at the end of the three weeks, they still haven't reached uh, negotiations, he's going to go ahead and reshut down the government also. So, I mean, this has affected a lot of people. It's crazy. You never think about it. I mean, America in general, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Some people, if you're fortunate, you're living paycheck to paycheck. I couldn't imagine missing two, three paychecks and still being expected to pay bills and make everything work like clockwork. So that's definitely um, very difficult for the employees of government agencies. So it's much needed to reopen it, but 
we're still really haven't moved anywhere. They're threatening to reshut it down after three weeks. So basically, you get one paycheck and back to ground zero. <clears throat> I'm trying to think how I want to. So what was the point of that? Because from there was no so no I further see. discussion. We haven't gotten a resolution of wall or no wall and the way and maybe i'm just looking at the end and based on the end i'm looking back so essentially the government shuts down for three weeks you've got federal employees who aren't a part of the discussion missing not one but two paychecks all of a sudden they say okay well you guys can come back to work didn't resolve anything and then, oh, by the way, if we don't figure this out, then we're going to close again. What it comes down to is everyone knew that something was going to happen. It was going to be anarchy. There's no way it's not sustainable to continue the shutdown. Something had to give. They didn't re- reach a resolution. Government reopened. There's just no other way around it. There's no way we could go four or six weeks without paying these people and there not be some sort of anarchy, going crazy, talks of impeachment. Something drastic would have happened. So definitely had to, someone had to give. Where do you feel that the federal government workers, what are their next steps? Especially when they hear, hey, in three weeks, you know, we don't have a resolution and it, you know, we're going back to it, especially now since, you know, the first few government shutdowns, I think maybe there were a couple of days they would go back. They don't miss a paycheck. But I feel like this shutdown was probably, I don't know if this was the only shutdown where people missed checks, but this is definitely the longest one and two checks were missed. Where do you feel? Like, if you were in these individuals' shoes, what would be your mindset, your thought process when it comes to going to work, managing money, your outlook? What do you do? Do you start looking for another job? I mean, talk me through what you're thinking. I mean, that. situation to try to predict what anyone would do. I mean, I literally have no idea. If I was in this position, I don't even know what I would do. Is this the only job I could get? Do I have any other jobs lined up? Can I find a side hustle in three weeks to even come close to paying my bills? It's, I mean, there's absolutely nothing I could say about it. I mean, I'm speechless. I wouldn't know what to do with this thought constantly looming over my head of I'm going to get one more paycheck and then be back to where We've been back to ground zero for the last 35 days. That's unreal. I'm reading some excerpts from the story that you showed us. There's this one individual that says, I think this is stupid. Why do you want us to open for three weeks and then we have to go back and do this again? And then... You know, the same person also said, I put off some medical procedures elected that I really need, but I'm going to wait for those, you know, just until after three weeks. 
And then I relied on family and friends, you know. Now I have to pay back stuff that I begged, borrowed, and stole. Another person said, I'm more cautious and optimistic. You know, it's some federal employees are convinced things will go wrong. During the shutdown, um, this guy named Jared said he'd been to food banks like Jose Andres and picked up extra shifts at Home Depot. Tomorrow he'll return to the EPA, but he's not cutting it back on the shifts. I don't know, man. <clears throat> Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I mean, that's all you really can do. Jeez. Well, any final thoughts before we sign off, my friend? No, just uh, keep your head up, keep grinding. Um, for those in the government shutdown, working for government agencies, eventually something's going to happen. I mean, I can't tell you when, but eventually, uh, just like that last guy said, uh, keep keep uh, whatever extra source of income you can get and just anticipate another shutdown. And that way you're preparing for the worst but hoping for the best. Very, very horrible situation to be in. I guess it was my story. I don't know what to say about the New Orleans Saints. You know, last year they were close. They were one play away from winning it, and then the same thing happened again. I guess they just gotta keep on keeping on. I think Drew Brees is gonna try to come back for another year. I mean, hopefully for him, you know, he'll be able to finish on top like John Elway did and win the championship and then be out. Isn't that the dream? All right. All right. Again. 127 2019 Marston Brothers Podcast. Marvin, we miss you. Hopefully, we see you on the next podcast. Maybe, hopefully. Got it. But you had fun, though. I'm happy for you. All right. Deuces. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life.